Welcome to another episode, a bonus episode of The Deep Dive, uh, in which we usually take a look at whatever the topic or uh, the message, the passage of focus was that weekend. Um, But in these bonus episodes, some of them we've been looking at the songs that we sing, which for many really instructs their theology uh, as much as, as scripture or community or other um, other elements of, of Christian faith. And so uh, my name is Brad. I'm one of the teaching pastors at Calvary and joined by our worship leader, Caleb yes. Carlson. That's who, me. Yeah, that's you, who has uh, popularized this Latin phrase. Yep. Uh, come on with it. Y- you, get, you go. I, I just had to ask you about it. All right, yeah. come on. Lex Orandi. Lex Orandi. Lex Credendi. Lex Credendi. It's not, it feels like we're in like Harry Potter so just saying like spells and stuff. Yeah, you'd think I'd, I'd have this down. So this is the... It we means, sing our theology, right? Yes. Like so that's, that would translate to the law of what is prayed is the law of what is believed. Oh, man, that's so good. Yeah. We sing our theology. We sing our theology. Yeah. So uh, we do these conversations uh, several times a year because because we sing our theology, we want to be mindful of what is the theology that we're singing. Yeah. Um, and so take a different look at either maybe a song that's new and we want to highlight or a song that uh, we sing a lot and we want to make sure like, hey, what is this thing that we're yeah. singing all the time? Or even some of those songs where we go, okay, hang on, I'm not quite sure I know what I'm saying. Yeah, like you a know, great a great example, uh, Honey in the Rock. It was yeah. both like a new song. It was actually the first song we de- yeah. did a deep dive on yeah. because like, oh, is that from the Bible? What? Like, <laughs> Where's that That one? <laughs> is interesting. Yeah. Um, but this time of year, it's Christmas season, and it so is. for churches, that means uh, a lot when it comes to worship services. So before we get into songs, uh, as a creative director, as a worship leader, um, how do you typically approach the Christmas season? Yeah. Well, it's really good for us to remember um, that the original Christmas, right, this point in history of the coming of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us was something that had a lot of longing and waiting Mm -hmm. leading up to it. Um, Many, 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 many years did these people wait for the Messiah, for the promised one. And I think it's really good for us to find ourselves in a mode of longing and waiting. And I'm telling you, there's nothing, nothing like better or easier, simpler to get people to feel that desire for more than with music yeah and i love to help us step into the season as opposed to just going boom it's december we're singing christmas songs that's it it's like man it's really good for us to remember and to see ourselves in longing Mm -hmm. and waiting we would call this anamnesis which means like it's not happening again the birth of jesus isn't But for us, in the cyclical patterns we find ourselves in with calendars and stuff like that, it should almost feel like it's happening. Yeah. It's the beauty of recognizing Advent, like there's a leading to this moment. And so for us to make sure we're finding ourselves in longing and waiting and applying that maybe to situations in our lives or things we've experienced before to then lead to the birth of Christ, I really believe it draws out a lot of beauty Mm-hmm. in those situations for us personally, mm-hmm. for us as a church body, for mm-hmm. us as the global church. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the philosophy in that of like, let's stair step this to a moment. Mm. Cause historically and in, in the 
biblical narrative, that's what happened. Yeah. There was a longing and a waiting, and then there was this Messiah foretold. And then it's like, hey, this baby's been born, and there's this like announcement to shepherds from an angel. And then there's a host of angels. And then these wise men travel in, and then the king's looking for him. Like it just all of a sudden grows into this big mm-hmm. thing. And I love to kind of match that when I lead us in. Mm. And when we all lead together in services towards celebrating mm. the birth of Jesus again and again and mm-hmm. again in a newness while also being rooted in mm. the truth of that history. So mm. that's so good. Yeah. And, you know, we are still awaiting people. Right. Yes. And so that's one of the beauties of Advent is um, we are reminded of our own waiting by remembering the waiting that the Old Testament people of God had as they waited for the Messiah. We're waiting for his return. Yes. There's a poem, um, uh, William Butler Yeats. He's an English poet. Um, it's called the second coming. Mm. And there's a, a line in there of, uh, kind of describes like the, the cycle of history as this like spiral, mm. um, where, yeah, we are waiting. And then when it, you know, we come to a new point, it feels like we're coming and then we, we go into another yeah, spiral. And like, it's so a, it's good. a really beautiful picture yeah. of even like the, the church calendar in mm-hmm. a sense. And I think it's one of the things that actually the like higher church, like very liturgical settings do really, really very well. Well, very so well. I guess how, you know, Caleb, as you think about organizing worship services around Christmas, we're not um, in a context where we are, you know, very high church. Sure. Um, how do you think about, like, how do you intentionally try to bring in the, the same things that those mm-hmm. like the lit- liturgical calendar yeah. accomplishes? Like, yeah. how do you try to do that? Well, I mean, to my previous point, making sure that we're talking about a longing and a waiting, you know, but making sure that we're also paying attention to like um, and and intentionally celebrating the moment Mm -hmm. of Christmas, the birth, the entry of the Messiah, the oh, yeah. Emmanuel, mm-hmm. God with us. So those are really like the two things I really dial in on mm-hmm. when trying to lead in that mm-hmm. way, which the high church would do a lot. In fact, the high church would not, they would not sing Joy to the World until Christmas Sunday. Really? They would not. They would only sing songs like, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Mm. Come thou long expected Jesus. And some of them wouldn't sing the verses that talk about birth. Like we sang Come Now Long Expected Jesus this last weekend. Well, it does get into this verse, born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king. Like they won't sing that verse until Christmas. Wow. They only sing these songs that are like talking about the Advent, the longing, the waiting. And then the difference though being after Christmas, the Christmas season goes for uh, a couple weeks. Yeah, like yeah. I think five weeks in total or something in that high church church calendar, yeah. in that high church model. And so they would sing songs like Joy to the World and stuff like that into the new year, hmm. into the new calendar year, mm-hmm. uh, our calendar year. So um, is that where like kind the, of the midnight masses come from yes. too? Like, hey, we're finally here. Let's do Boom. it right this second. That's exactly. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool. All right. Well, on that note, um, we are going to deep dive a song. Uh, called Worthy and Wonderful. It's a yes. new a new song it for is. us. Um, how would we, you know, again, in these conversations, there's different, like, buckets you can put worship songs in. Like, how would you describe this song just as mm-hmm. a, like, is it a hymn? Is it, um, I don't know. Yeah. 
So there are, you know, if you look at the New Testament, there's kind of three categories, psalms, hymns, and spirituals. We won't unpack that right now. We mm-hmm. could do that sometime. I think we've talked about we've done it, it some, yeah. but we could really unpack yep. that sometime even deeper. This is what we call, you know, a psalm. This is a, 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 a but, but categorically in that, it's a, um, it's like a naming who he is mm-hmm. and then praising. So kind of proclamation and response is kind of what I would call that. So it really just names him. And it goes right along with this Isaiah passage that we're unpacking in this series named Book Look on Names. Caleb, you do such a good job so, of finding songs yeah. that like yeah. really tie into where we're going. Yeah. Like on a um, like a teaching sure. standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's helpful for us. So uh, it starts out, it says, hey, it just names him, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. It says that's just the start of mm-hmm. who you are. Mm-hmm. And then Actually, it says... Actually, fascinating. Yeah. They put a comma between Wonderful and Counselor. Yeah. So they're making an yeah. interpretation uh, statement here. So even in the translation of this, yes. uh, like scholars will say, okay, is it Wonderful Counselor or is Wonderful a noun and Counselor? Yes. And like the reality is, is it's both and. <laughs> even yes. if Wonderful is being yes. used as a noun, it's like adjectival right. and how it's being used to describe it so anyway exactly I, anyway i i that comma caught my eye right you're as, like oh they're interpreting it yeah, that way as yeah. commas tend to do they should for me they mean something <laughs> so wonderful counselor mighty god it's just the start of who you are it says that it says father forever that's that everlasting father mm-hmm. it says emmanuel they're just making sure we remember this is god with us mm-hmm. and then it says our prince of peace jesus our king there's a lot of ties to King with these different mm-hmm. things. So it's just naming him. It's naming him who he is. And um, there's a ton of theology packed in just naming him mm-hmm. as those things, mm-hmm. which we have talked about um, so far in these weeks, you know, of, 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 of mighty God, wonderful counselor, you know, everlasting father, Prince Pete. So um, Brad, what does it do for us? Mm-hmm. This is a question. Like, I'd love to add, just ask you this question. What does it do for us as believers to name him other than maybe names that are in our normal vernacular of like, yeah. hey, Father, Lord, Christ, God? Why is that good for us yeah. to name him as these things? Yeah. Oh, so many ways we can go with that, right? Yeah. Um, you think of just the very simple, um, you know, you have relationships with people mm-hmm. and different points in life, maybe you go by different names. And there's something with a particular name that maybe a friend has that's a um, an alter ego for you or a nickname that uh, denotes something of a special, unique relationship that maybe isn't even true for me. If I were to call you that, it'd be kind of weird. Um, likewise, maybe your your dad growing up had a name for you. Sure. Um, so there is a a a level of like knowability and uh, personability that our God allows Himself to be to be known. Yes. Um, so, so there's there's that. That's functional. Uh, I think of also like the Old Testament. Um, so, like the Jewish people had a have a very high reverence for the name of God. Like they don't, they uh, don't say they don't say it. Actually, the whole idea of calling him Jehovah like comes from a we're not going to write out the divine name of Yahweh, and because there's this idea in ancient culture that if you named a god, then you were enacting some sort of power over that over that God. Now, for us, the fact that we can name God, actually, mm-hmm. it's not a manipulative, I have power, but it's a, 
No, I I have a there's a level of specificity and clarity that I have in who I am yes. calling on, who I am naming in my prayers, who I am uh, even speaking um, to others about. Fascinating. You look at you know fast forward to the New Testament and you look at Jesus. Uh, the the phrase right, the name that he most identified with was the Son of Man, mm-hmm. which was a, a very prophetic name coming from uh, Daniel, and. Uh, it, it mattered. Actually, early in the Gospels, he was up to something where he didn't want to be called Messiah. Uh, he actually created some distance there because the people of God had very specific expectations of uh, the the type of work or the type of activity that, the, that their understanding of Messiah had. So Jesus used a different name because he was up to something new. That's good. And so I think for, for us, when we, um, when we name God, uh, we are, um, yeah, we're bringing clarity to, to an idea that's, that's quite broad and quite big. Um, it's easy to talk about God as a concept. Uh, even you look at our, the founding fathers of our, um, of our nation, right? They refer to God, but he was a very impersonal God. He was a very distant God. Hmm. And yet what we see in the person of Jesus, this Christ child, um, cause you don't get Jesus, the man, you don't get Jesus, the savior, you don't get Jesus, God without him first being a baby. Yes. Like, there is a level of knowability. I, I love what we did a few years ago um, with the Knowing Jesus series. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things we did on Instagram was over like a hundred days or something. We every day we posted a new image. Uh, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is Prophet. Jesus is King. Jesus is God. Like all of these things because it's the collective picture, and all we have is words. Mm. We have words um, that. Again, it's a gift of God, but we have words that help us make sense of yes. reality. And so, um, yeah, when we sing and respond, wonderful counselor, mighty God, Emmanuel, not only are we singing um, scripture, but we're um, every one of those is just hitting the target at a slightly different spot. Yes. And when we feel something hitting the target in a different spot, it becomes a very personal thing for mm-hmm. us. And it also draws us into a reverence for that spot on the target, Mm -hmm. which typically draws out a fondness. Mm -hmm. Like I said, a reverence, a place of high praise Mm -hmm. and not to like, that feels manipulative for me to say, but it's just so true. And this song does a good job of that. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm not trying to just put this in a corner to get us landed back here, but it's like when you name God as the specific qualities as these specific points on the target for us, you know, and, and he is all of these things to all of us. We just feel them in a deeper sense in different seasons and different moments and different experiences. Right. Mm. It then draws out of us, hopefully a response or it should Mm -hmm. draw out of us a response. And this song does a great job with that of just saying, Hey, your name will be praised. You're worthy and wonderful. Lord, we worship you. Yeah. Like, you are mighty God. Yeah. You are a father everlasting. You're Emmanuel, you're Prince of Peace. You're the King forever. And I praise you. Mm. We praise you because of that. So when we recognize God for who he is, when we see him moving and active, it should draw us into response. A lot of times I like to think of like cyclical response between God and his people. Mm -hmm. It's not that he's waiting on our response to do something. That's not what I'm implying. What I am saying is it's a beautiful cycle if you recognize it this way of when we respond to him, 
there's going to be another moment where he moves on our behalf and we respond Mm. again and he moves on our behalf and we respond again and he pursues us and we respond again and he shows us a way, you know, it's just this beautiful, Mm. like cyclical response between the creator and created, you know? So, um, then, then the song goes into, um, just naming, like it says, yours, the kingdom, the power, the glory you reign now and forever, Mm -hmm. which also speaks to that Isaiah passage Mm -hmm. right before it names him as those things. It says the government will be upon your shoulders. Mm -hmm. Your name will be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And then it says, and I pulled it up so I didn't get the the wording wrong you know this is the niv but it says of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end it says you reign now Mm -hmm. and forever and that's something else that's really good to remember is we're not worshiping god for these things just for this moment Mm -hmm. we're worshiping god for these things because we know they're going to be true for eternity Mm -hmm. and so will our praise be Mm -hmm. true for eternity so it's a wonderful song that draws us into naming him proclamation and then praising him yeah, response. That's awesome. And as as a people, um, there's going to be moments when when we we need to hear this. We need this song to be sung over us. Yes. Um, kind of that getting at that. What's the shaping impact or the shaping effect of singing this in a congregational setting? Mm-hmm. Um, this time of year, right? Like there are seasonal depression. There's yeah. the reminder of you know the holidays coming where. Um, you know, maybe your, your family situation is not what you would like it to be. Um, maybe you're struggling with a diagnosis or, um, going through a lot of anxiety or stress and like, um, God being wonderful counselor, right? Mighty God, like faithful forever, Emmanuel, Prince of Peace, Jesus, our King. Like, um, there are days when we need to hear that and we need that to be true. And there are days that the person next to us really needs to hear us singing that and yes. needs it to be, um, to be true. Okay. Yes. Last question. And then we've, we've got to wrap it, but, okay. um, what makes this a Christmas song other mm. than it's connected to a passage that we often will highlight at Christmas? Well, that is certainly the main reason that it would be considered a Christmas song is because it's speaking into this prophecy of the foretold. Mm-hmm. Birth is there sleigh bells? <laughs> uh, there are bells, but they're not sleigh bells. Kay. There might be sleigh bells integrated cause it's not Christmas without sleigh bells. Uh-huh. <laughs> But the reason that it's a Christmas song has to do with the fact that it's speaking to this part of the story. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be the classic song that we've sung for generations. Those are wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's newness in in shaping something in a different way, in a Mm. fresh way. Um, And just, like I said, like when it's referring to this prophetic passage of the thing that we're celebrating in this christmas season um that really helps folks it in yeah you know that's awesome yeah all right that is worthy and wonderful um so caleb thanks for this conversation um thanks for helping lead our congregation both uh in the room on sundays uh but also even in conversational spaces like this uh, to help us understand what is the theology that we are singing because the the words that we sing have a shaping impact on uh, the theology and the things that we believe to be true um, about God. So, I uh, hope you guys have a fantastic Christmas season. I uh, hope that you can join us uh, Christmas Eve. We have an online uh, service that morning and then um, a different service, our Christmas Eve service at 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, where we'll be 
spoiler alert, singing this song. <laughs> this maybe. song might come maybe. up in that service. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, otherwise, hope you've been enjoying our series, uh, Name Above All Names. We've been looking through Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Uh, if you have any uh, questions for us, if you have any topics or songs that you'd like to see covered in a future episode of The Deep Dive, you can email us at podcast at calvary.church. Uh, please subscribe, like, um, podcast, share it with others. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. And until then, uh, keep your Bibles open because Jesus matters most. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.